listening to 30 on Broadway, Talking Blue Shirts, on the Face Off Hockey Network. I'm here to fulfill Razaku's destiny. I just hope you know that I hit recording. Let's not stand on ceremony here. This is what I deal with every time that I start a podcast. Nick's sitting in total darkness, and I'm like, Nick, can you please come into the light for just a few minutes so I can see your face? So I know that I'm talking to you, or I can actually judge and get like a feel for what's going on here. And 90, 90% of the time, Nick is like, no, I am the darkness. And then he goes into some Batman spiel, which is fine. I love Batman. But hi, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of 30 on Broadway. If you're wondering, like, you just heard the intro and you're now sitting there going, what the hell was that? That was Nick. Nick actually did his hair. Nick is, look at Nick. Nick is all like done up. Nick is this miserable. Is, is what Nick? Nick is miserable. Absolutely miserable. Nick is miserable. So he got himself like dressed up for the podcast. <laughs> that is great. Uh, that is. I. I don't even know. What do I? What do I say to that? What do I say to that? All right. Hi everybody. Show me his body. <laughs> Why? Why are you you? Um, That's how we're gonna kick off the office. This is this is our offseason episode. Why am I me? Why am I me? I am me because would you love me if I was anything but what I am? The answer is no. You would not. Like Chris acts like he hates the things that I do, but he really doesn't. He actually enjoys everything that I do. Like, like everything I do, Chris gets an actual kick out of, and he thoroughly enjoys. He thoroughly enjoys and laughs at all my bullshit. Why do you do the things you do? Well, you know, let me go do the voodoo that I do do so well. Oh, uh, man. All right. We've got a we've got a fun episode. Coming up. Well, wait, I, I want to. I do. I do want to start. I do want to start this. I do because I was thinking about this, um, before the podcast, and I want to throw this to you. Oh boy! Uh-oh. And it's not exact. It's not. It's not Ranger related. It's not. Stanley Cup, it's not. Stanley Cup final just wrapped up. Yep. Okay. Colorado um, Avalanche. Uh, Stanley time. Cup champion. Uh, yep. Yeah, <laughs> third time, long time. We'll do it that way. Third time. Long. Oh, there you go. Third time. Yeah, yeah I like that. Okay. Detroit Red Wings think uh, that they're winning the cup next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, they probably will because you know Steve Eiserman, but they, hold not, on. The math doesn't add up there. But the you know the Avalanche just won the cup. The NHL awards happened. Austin Matthews won the Hart Trophy. I don't like it. These two things are going to grow the game of hockey, and here's why. Ooh, okay. Austin Matthews became the first player of Mexican heritage to win the Hart Trophy. And to my knowledge, and anybody can feel free to correct me on this, he is the first Latino player to ever win any hardware in the NHL. There you go. Nazem Kadri. First Muslim to have his name on the Stanley Cup. I think that is huge for the game. I think that is amazing for the NHL and the game of hockey. It is. Kids of of you know if they're if they are Muslim, you know Nazem Kadri grew up watching hockey. When he looked out on the ice, he didn't see anybody that looked like him out there. You and me, we look out there, we see a bunch of, you know, generic-looking white guys out there. It's different. 
No, I, I think the game for, has for, made tremendous advancements for, in rides in, in that regards and breaking barriers and and but adding, it's just like I mean whether it's whether it's whether it's minority, whether it's um, female, you know, things of that nature. I, I think you've seen a lot of change. But I just just look at it, though. That's huge, man. Like, that's so huge. Like, It is. From a personal standpoint, my nephew, okay, granted, he's only three years old. But everyone knows I'm getting him into hockey. Like, he, you know, we watch Ranger games together. When you and I were at game two of the conference final, Rowan – when he heard the anthem, he came running into my room looking for me because he want because he knew that meant the game was starting. Yep. So he was looking to watch the game with me. Like he's getting excited about hockey. Like, and Rowan is half Mexican. You know, not too many Mex. You know, Mexican. You know, not too many Latino people in general are in the hockey. Yeah, it's true. You know, the fact that. Rowan can grow up and look at Austin Matthews and say, wow, that guy looks like me. And if he can do it, I can do it too. Yep. Huge. It's unbelievably huge. No, it is. You know, I, I, I think, think the, biggest, the biggest thing, not to jump on you, but I think the biggest thing that the biggest barrier that stands in hockey's way right now is just the cost. Yeah. If there was a way that they could subsidize it or figure it out, because even, I mean, they have the learn to play programs, but even in the last like three years that 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 I've been kind of looking at that with with my two kids, the costs of it has jumped pretty considerable. Um, but even still, even in that regard, it's like right now I think it's I think the learn to play program through Watertown where I used to play, uh, which is partnered with the Rangers, I think it's two ninety five a kid. Um, the Coyotes when we were in Arizona, it was like I believe one fifty, one seventy five, and then it jumped. And it's just it's like everything else today. The, the cost, the price of everything is going through the damn roof, and that's a whole other. But it's even, like not going to get into I, that. I just look at it that you know the whole Austin Matthews thing. Everybody shits on Gary Bettman for a lot of reasons, and a lot of them rightfully so. Batman's fight to keep the Coyotes in Arizona gave us Austin Matthews. People need him. to people need to understand that. You don't have without, without the Coyotes and Shane Dunn. Yep. So it's like without the Arizona Coyotes and Gary Bettman's unrelenting fight for them to stay alive, Austin Matthews is not a thing. And on the Latino side, the Coyotes are the first franchise in NHL history to have a Latino executive. Yep. As so it's like so it, like this is the stuff like for all the bad that has come out about the NHL over the last year with everything with you know the Chicago Blackhawks and the Kyle Beach story and and just all the stuff that has been associated with the NHL and uh, uh, lately Kadri winning the cup Austin Matthews winning the Hart trophy it's huge. It's good for the game. It'll keep, you know, and as much as people, you know, and I know a lot of hockey fans in general, they don't like new fans because, all oh, these guys don't know what they're talking about. Da, 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 da. New fans is how the game grows. Like, do, 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 do NHL fans always want the NHL to be the fourth biggest sport in America? I don't. I want it to grow. I want it to. I want it to pass. If it could pass baseball, that would be huge. Well, look at look at just the cup winning. I mean, how many years since? I mean, since NBC has done it. And look, I I, I can. There's there's problems with the ESPN broadcast. I think the team of McDonough and Ferraro left a lot to be desired, but. My With issue was said, more was more McDonough than Ferraro. I like Ray Ferraro. Yeah. For I, I usually do like Ferraro, but Ferraro was there, you know. But never mind. Cover, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the coverage that ESPN gave to the NHL, and even with the Stanley Cup 
it didn't become an afterthought. Up oh, the game's over. Up oh, the cup presentation. Bye. You saw basically the whole celebration. Yeah. You saw a lot more behind the scenes. You saw a lot more build up into it. And the numbers that came out for the games absolutely destroyed NBC's numbers. So while I agree that there's things that need to be better with the broadcast in general, the exposure that the NHL got from ESPN, and this was the perfect finals matchup. Look, I know it sucked that the Rangers couldn't get past Tampa. We've talked about that before on our previous episodes. But the fact that... But the fact that the Rangers were one of the final four. Yeah, you had the Rangers as one of the final four, which is huge for, for sports just because it's a New York market. And two, you had... The two-time defending Stanley Cup champion, which is sexy to begin with, going for a three-peat, which doesn't happen often. And you had, not even arguably, you had hands down the best team in the NHL at the end of the season, knocking down the door and blowing the door off and winning the Stanley Cup. It was a tremendous series. This was one of the better series. We talked about this last night. You know, granted Tampa won back-to-back, Neither one of those cup finals really were sexy. They were more, yeah, the NHL accomplished and got through COVID. They got the, you know, they got through COVID and they were able to award the Stanley Cup. You know, last year, the cup final really was the Islanders and Lightning, as much as it makes me want to to say that. It was last year, the only thing sexy about last year's series was Oh my God, Canada could break their cup drought. And Canada could break their curse. Uh, but really, you had to go back to like St. Louis, Boston as as one of the very few like juggernaut battles for the Stanley Cup. We haven't had that many lately. And this was terrific to come out of the gate and have it for the NHL. As much as I mean, not have the NHL. The, 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 only, but, the only other one I could really come up with off the top of my head is Chicago, Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. So that was, you know, this is our last off-season kind of. Hey, let's look back at the Rangers season. We've got the perfect guest for that coming up in just a few minutes with uh, Becky from Live from the Blue Seats. Um, she's going to be joining us in just a moment to kind of talk about the Rangers season and and give us her thoughts before we kind of roll into what we kind of coin as our new season here on the FHN. Um, we've got the draft coming up. Uh, what, My July favorite. Uh, I think it's either the 7th and 8th or the 8th and 9th. In Montreal. Yeah. Obviously, the Montreal Canadiens have the number one overall pick. There's some stuff that we could talk about. with Collusion! Collusion. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> there's some stuff. There's some other things that we could talk about in there um, with, with all of that. Well, it's my it's my my favorite time of the year is coming up, like draft season, off season, like I am hoping and I am praying and I believe I firmly believe this, and you can mark the tape and if it doesn't happen in two weeks, everybody can call me an idiot, okay. I firmly believe at the draft we will get an over under of. I believe we're going to get an over of four trades. And I'm not talking about trades with draft picks. I'm talking players. I think we are going to get trades. It will be trade season. Because flat flat cap teams need to to move a little bit. I think we're going to get some moving and shaking at the draft. That makes things interesting. I mean... There's a lot of question marks. I mean, even with the Rangers, there's there's talks of, you know, do the Rangers make a move with Patrick Nemeth? Do they move Georgie's rights? Um, do they make the, you know, there's certain other moves that could be done. What what are they going to do? Which we'll get we'll get Becky's thoughts on what what she would like to see the Rangers do like we did um, last week and even even the week before. Um, so we kind of kicked off this off-season series. And like I said, this is part 3, kind of the final one for us. Um but we, I kicked it off with Kyle Hall of Broadway Hot Podcast, um, who we had on uh, two weeks ago. Talked with him. Last week we had Jay Khan on, who um, kind of talked about we, – we, we did a little bit more like what we're doing right now with, with NHL talk, the Stanley Cup, the final was going on, 
It was awards night, so we talked about Igor, you know, getting getting the Vezina. Uh, we talked about Kale McCarr pulling out the, the the Norris and some of the different things going on there, and then as well, you know, obviously breaking down the Rangers. And we kind of talked a little more with with Jake about what we would like to see the Rangers do or what we would like to see happen with the Rangers um, going into the offseason, notably at the center position because of Ryan Strom. You know, Ryan Strom being a free agent, Andrew Kopp, you know, Vetrano, Mott, you name it, the guys that came in from the deadline, none of them on on uh, tenured deals. Um, so, you know, what do the Rangers do? There's a lot of question marks that go into the makeup of this roster. Um, so we had a lot of fun with that. So check those out. Um, and then, you know, obviously we will have uh, Becky joining us momentarily to to talk about uh, her thoughts as she introduced us when she came on the podcast. She introduced us to the Vibes for 60. So we're going to see, do the Rangers continue that into next season or what what happens? Uh, we'll kind of get we'll kind of get her thoughts and everything there. I want to talk to you real quick before we jump into that. I want to talk to you about who is supporting our podcast right now, and that is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Nick always loves that. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and you get 20% off and free worldwide shipping. If you use the promo code 30 on Broadway, it's good on anything on their site. You, you can buy a performance package. You could buy uh, pretty much everything. Their ultra premium collection, men's skin and hair care kit, which I just picked up today. So I just, I just ponied up for that. I'm going to try that one out. Um, or you could do, like I said, the performance 4.0 package, which they hooked us up with to try it out. They were like, Hey, we're, we, we want to support you guys. We want you guys to try out our product. Give us your thoughts on it. I think it's flipping awesome. The uh, the lawnmower 4.0, fantastic. I love it. I'm still in love with the headlight. I know it's not a headlight. It's an LED spotlight. 400K LED spotlight. That's on there. All right. It's it's great. Overall, it's great. Um, waterproof. You use it right in the shower. You don't gotta worry about making a mess in the sink, clogging your sink. Use it right in the shower. Just flush it down. Gone. Good to go. You're fine. So again, check out manscaped.com. Promo code 30 on Broadway gets you 20% off and free shipping worldwide. And it's listen. Like, it's like prestige listen, worldwide. Uh-oh. Listen. If your balls are happy, your significant other is also happy. Ain't nobody trying to, you know, pick pick, pick hairs out of their out of their teeth. All right. So Listen, take care of yourself, take care of your significant other, and take care of your balls, and they will take care of you. That's that's a hell of a slogan right there. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Fantastic. No, but it's been great. Like, I, I have uh, I, I have no complaints. I, I, I think it's No, great. It's, it's, it's great. Like, trust me, man. My balls have never been happier. Like, for real. Like, it, it seems it seems and so weird. Talks to them all the time. That's right. Like we, you know, they say things. They do. <laughs> they do. They do. If they, they let me know, they let me know when they're not happy. It's uh, they've they, seen they're it thrilled because they've done a thing or two. That's right. So thank you, Manscaped. <laughs> like the farmers. Of... <laughs> thank you, Manscaped, for taking care of my balls. I appreciate it. Oh Jesus. All right, so while we're while we're while we're waiting, <laughs> join on. Um, there was an article that came out, and and you and I kind of talked a little bit offline on this. No, we're not doing we're not doing this now. We're not doing this now. Oh, I know where you're going. We're not doing this now. I just wanted to give my comment. No, on. no, not now. Why? Because you know. In the business, it's called leave them wanting more. So, like, we're... So, you just... You know, <laughs> hey, we're going to talk wait. about this, but we're not going to talk we about it now. We are. We're not going to talk about it now. This is this should be, like, the opening... That This should be the opening intro to Two Schmucks, One Puck. You know, there, we have stuff to talk a, about, but we're Chris, not going to talk about it now. Chris, there's a thing called suspense. 
Oh yeah, so suspenseful. Yes, you have to levitate the situation. Can't can't hold it. Can't hold it in. All right. Well, anyways, being that Nick doesn't want to talk about that now, let's talk about something new on the Face Off Hockey Network, who is the home of Thirty on Broadway, and that is Hockey Craze Radio. Now, some of you really, 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 and you've got to really be a loyal listener to go all the way back to this. Hockey Craze Radio kind of formulated back in 2010, and then around 2014 kind of went out. Um, yeah, thanks to idiots. All right, stop. Anyways, doesn't matter. Oh, you're going to uh, make me sign a social media contract? No, there are. We, no. <laughs> like, Jesus. All right, so starting for next season, for the 2022-2023 season, uh, Hockey Craze Radio is making a return. Hockey Craze Radio is going to feature a variety of shows. It's a podcast. It's basically going to become the podcast home of the Face Off Hockey Network. There's two shows right now lined up. Probably will have more going under it. Um, special features, special guests. Maybe we'll toss in some old live shows like we used to do with Hockey Craze Radio on Block Talk Radio, which was the platform that we used to use for Hockey Talk for Hockey Craze Radio. Um, but we have that going on. So that's all coming in 2022-23. If you are interested in getting involved on the Hockey Craze Radio podcast side of the house, or even if you're interested in getting involved in the writer side of the FHN or maybe even social media, hit us up and uh, jump on the FHN. Dot net check out the join the FHN team page send us send us your information you can hit us up on Twitter um, you can hit us up pretty much everywhere Twitter 30 on Broadway our DM is open or the FHN or you can hit us or you can hit us up on Facebook on the faceoff hockey network or even email us faceoffhockeynetwork at gmail.com and that's what we've got for right now coming up next Becky from live from the blue seas All right, we've got Becky from Live from the Blue Seats here to kind of wrap up our off-season review and, and thoughts. Becky, how are you? I am great. Um, kind of happy hockey's over because I feel like now baseball season and summer can commence, um, and I don't have to hear Penguins fans crying anymore. How are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> I actually love that you mentioned that because I saw – uh, I don't even want to say who it was, but that Philipponi. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't even him. There was another that was like, "Oh, it sickens me to think that." No, the... it was it was Andrew Philipponi. He I don't, is like he is down bad. Like I have not seen anyone down this Andrew bad Philippone? in a long time. I mean, it's it's like he can't be like. Is he really serious? I think it has to be like a, a trap to get attention but I mean, it's, it's got to be all for click is this the new getting this is the new way to get clicks I, mean... it's, I think it's his i think it's his attempt to thirst trap but he doesn't realize that thirst traps have to be like you know you actually yeah. like want to see them <laughs> like the penguins shouldn't have gotten past five games it shouldn't have gone past five games so that's either here nor there yeah all right we're gonna just kind of get your thoughts on the season overall um, last time you were on, you you kind of introduced us to the vibes per sixty, which has become kind of like Nick's motto in life. I feel yes, it's like I'm everything all, is is he's all, all about, about vibes. I feel a, vibes a great deal of pride in that. I'm I'm really grateful that you've brought vibes to the world. So thank you. You like well, I mean, I I thank you for introducing it to my life because it like has changed things. <laughs> it makes you look at things differently, you know. It really does. It a hundred percent does. Which, like, by the way, the NHL terrible on you guys. You guys had a best friend competition, and you did not include the ultimate vibes per sixty with Zabana Jan Kreider. Like, what a missed opportunity! I was also offended that they missed like Keandre and Lafreniere. I think that was True. also a missed opportunity. So, yeah, that that, that, that has become. That's actually become quite the underrated bromance. But let's put Bieber in there for reasons. Well, you know, gotta gotta uh, gotta try and build the brand. 
I mean, the, the greatest thing that ever happened to Justin Bieber was Chris Pronger checking him. Honestly. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. He didn't check him. I, I, he didn't. He didn't hit him hard enough. I But, you know. I mean, well, Becky, okay, where does the vibe meter stand about the Rangers after this year when you look at everything, it, you know, in its totality now that everything's done? I mean, I still think this is one of the strongest likable teams that we've had ever that I can remember. Um, should probably preface by saying I'm a fairly recent fan, like probably the last 15 years or so. I guess that's more recent than um, some longtime, I guess, lifers. But um, also some people might be 15 listening. So what am I saying? Um, the I will say I thought the 2014 team was like, tremendously fun we had like the third line that everyone loved and msl obviously went through some terrible loss but we still you know kind of rallied around it but i think that this team just was so organically tight that i'm sad they didn't win it all but i'm also at the same time super grateful that they got as far as they did because they weren't supposed to get there they really weren't supposed to get there oh yeah like yeah i think when you look at it like I'm with you. I, I firmly believe if we play Colorado in the cup final, we might have been swept. No matter how great Igor is, because, I mean, we just saw what they did to Vasilevsky. Yeah. Igor – and and Tampa was, was beat up too like we were. And, like, I think it was their will that got them to six games. I mean, that series I think probably should have been over earlier. And I think you saw the heart of a champion – with, with how Tampa Bay fought, I really don't think the Rangers would have been able to put up that much of a fight. No, I think the Rangers would have gotten their behinds handed to them with a very little, I think it would have been very not fun to watch. I'll say that. Yeah, I think it would have been frustrating. I As difficult, as disappointing, and, and I've said this kind of on both sides, where, again, like you said, the Rangers weren't supposed to get there. They weren't supposed to get to the conference final. It was supposed to be, you know, I think everybody felt they should have, they should beat Pittsburgh. Um, I always kind of felt, and I still feel that that series went too far. Um, but then from there, it was kind of all bets were off. Whatever, whatever they did from there on out was kind of like house money and was just, you know, great. The fact that they got to that point, um, and even though it was, it was disappointing in, in the light of they went up two games to none to Tampa. And you're sitting here and you're going, wow, they could possibly do this. And then they get reverse swept. I, you could say, yeah, there's disappointment there. But overall, I mean, like, like you said, this was one of the most fun teams that I've seen in a long time. In, in a very long time. And I just hope that this is the beginning of just a tremendous run that we've got with this window opening. I love that. I mean, I don't love that they did, but I love that term reverse swept. <laughs> That's like a perfect way to say it. I never heard that, but they did. That's one of that's one of Nick's specialties. Nick loves the reverse sweep. I I really do. The the reverse sweep is uh is like my favorite thing in the entire world, um, but I, I just I I I am a believer, and and I you know I heard Messier mention this, um during the cup presentation. A team that wins the cup, there has to be scar tissue there has to be that that trauma and and that heartache of not being able to get over the top like you don't just become a great team overnight i mean like tampa is one of my favorite examples this colorado avalanche team i think perfectly embodies that because when you look at what they went through multiple second round exits i mean last year for instance they bullied vegas the first two games of the second round and everybody was like, Oh, they're just going to roll right through them. Nobody's going to stop them. And Vegas turns around, reverse sweeps them. And it's another heartbreaking, you know, season finale for the abs. They built up that, that scar tissue. And like, they had to go through all those. I mean, look, the 48 point season, which is one of the worst seasons that I've ever seen from any team. Like, there was just so much that that team had to go through and had to get through. The Rangers really haven't had to do that. The Rangers, the rebuild wasn't your typical rebuild. You know, 
you don't usually get an Artemi Panarin in a rebuild. You, you know, you usually don't you don't have such a quick turnaround from, you know, trading cornerstone pieces. So it's like the Rangers have yet to really build up the the scars in my opinion that you need to like get over the top. I think this year was the first of what might be, you know, of many before they can finally, you know, break through. I'll say that. Uh, no, I get what you're saying, though. I mean, I hope that it's maybe this will be like accelerated the way the rebuild was. You know, maybe I mean, this that is... would be that oh. would be great. If not, it's all your fault. It's true. It is your fault, and it's recording. Yeah, and it's and this is this is yeah, it's it happened. Uh, well, you know, I mean, then me and Sam Rosen will have something Thanks in common. Thanks the end of 30 on Broadway. Thank you. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I mean, honestly, if we're going to blame anyone, it's Sam's fault. Oh, no. This oh, one won't Sam. last a lifetime. I mean, you know, he should have said, I'm sorry, this one will last about 25 years. And then, you know, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. You know, excuse me. <laughs> You know, <laughs> this one will last a lifetime. Excuse me, I mean about twenty-five to thirty years. Like if he, if Sam would have did that, maybe we could win a cup. You know, within the next uh, year or two. That's great. Do you but, remember when Tampa got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets in twenty nineteen? Oh, oh, Chris and I had a field day with that one. That yep. was unbelievable. I was on vacation in Florida, and I remember being like more overjoyed to watch that happen than I was to like be on the beach. I, I remember that series because I remember I was rooting so hard against Tampa that year yep. because they they were so unlikable because they just steamrolled everyone that year. And there was this, like, real cockiness and arrogance about them. And they hadn't won yet. I just wanted to see them get knocked off their pedestal yeah. and be like, no, 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 y'all need to get humbled, like, real bad. And John Torello was like, all right, let's show them what jam is, boys. You know, and. <laughs> And Torts brought him down a peg, and I loved it. But they I think so Torts, they were like, hey, okay, all right. So, Becky, did, did you hate John Cooper, or do you hate John Cooper now? So, I hated John Cooper so passionately. Like, I probably should delete some tweets now that I'm, like, more of an adult um, than <laughs> I was then. In 2015, because he was such a dick. Um, and I hope I can curse on this podcast. Oh, yes. Oh, no, you can. Yeah. <laughs> he was such a dick, though. I remember he had some stupid quote, like, uh, I'm going to have to wear my sunglasses at night because, like, our future is so bright. And I was like, okay, Corey Hart, like, let's take a, a freaking break here. He was such an asshole. I, I just hated him so much. And then, you know, I don't know, though. He's had some really nice comments about the Rangers this year. So I'm like, well, maybe I don't hate him so much anymore. I also do think, like, look, that was seven years ago. I would hope that people grow up. And also, he's won twice. So, like, you can't really be that much of a dick. When, well, I guess you could. I take that back. But I, I think that was the big thing with, with me. Like, I always – I don't know if it was the lawyer in him or, or not. Yeah. Like, he always yes. had that smug, like, I'm the, I'm the top shit. And, and ironically, he had one at every level that he's coached at up until the Stanley cup. And it was always like, you haven't won that one yet. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, who are you? And then it seemed like it changed. Like once he won, I guess maybe it's just like a kind of a level of respect. Like you got to respect the guy. You got to give, you got to give credit where credit's due. Um, but yeah, like that series, I, I just, I desperately want to see Panarin from that series against Tampa when he was with Columbus especially now, like there's a lot of negative with, with Panarin, even though he was, was pretty much, was he a point per game player in the playoffs or pretty close to it? Pretty close to it. Yeah. I think, and I mean, I know a lot of the stuff away from the puck was, was where the questions were and things of that nature. But, but man, if we can get back to where we have Panarin of that series, where that whole team, I mean, that the speech from Tortorella after the first period, that, that first period of the season was, the series was over for Columbus. I mean, a lot of people forget, like, Tampa was absolutely thrashing them in that first period, and then Torts comes in with the speech of all speeches, and then the rest is obviously history where they sweep, they, they knock the door off of Tampa, and it's one of the most embarrassing sweeps of, of NHL history. Um, but I just, I want to see that Panarin in the postseason. And that's that's where I'm kind of like, all right, going into this year, 
is a big is a big step because it's where what do they address with the holes that they have, which we'll get your thoughts on in a second. But what do they do with the holes that they've got? You know, who are they bringing back? Who are they moving? Who are how are they going to ensure that they keep they keep progressing up and don't have kind of a fallback or a regression of sorts? And and and, and again, keep the chemistry together because. You know, we could joke with the vibes for 60 and things of that nature, but that's in, it's incredibly important. And I think you saw a perfect example this year with the team, why that's incredibly important, the chemistry in the room from from top to bottom. Um, where do you see the Rangers going into the offseason, and what, do you, what would you like to see them do? This one to me or Nick? Yeah, to you. Oh, this is to you. He, he doesn't I care don't, about my opinion. I mean, I – Nick's Nick's wonderful. Nick's vibes. Always off the chart. Thank you. (laughs) See, Chris, somebody appreciates me. I appreciate you. (laughs) I do. I think that I don't want to see them. I know that this might be a slightly um, hot take, but I want to see them address. So I definitely want them to re-sign Mott if he doesn't price himself out because I feel like you don't realize that you need that player until you need that player, right? Yep. I'm a person. I don't yep. want Strom. I really want to see if Hedl can actually take the two C. I feel like he's really done a lot of growing. I'm concerned about injuries, but that's a part of the game. Um, I'm also concerned about Kako's injuries, to be completely honest. And I'm not out here saying like we should get rid of Kako. Um, to be perfectly honest, I haven't given too much thought into the offseason because I'm still in that like post mortem. Like I miss. I, I feel like. If I spend too much time saying, like, this is what I want to see happen, and I convince myself that I want to see something happen, and then it doesn't happen, I'm kind of gearing myself up, up for disappointment. So now that the playoffs are over, now that the Stanley Cup has been awarded, I want to see some things going on, but I also, I'm not going to over-engineer things yet. I do want to say, backtracking a little bit to talk about Panarin, right? I think that his playoffs were very similar to his whole season where he seemed like not fully present. I want to say, I mean, I feel like that's a really dumb way to explain a hockey player, but he seemed not present, but he still had incredible point production. So it's like, well, now I'm being, I'm kind of annoyed at him, but he's producing. So why am I annoyed? It's like a moral or like a emotional conundrum for me. And I'm glad you brought it up, but like I, I don't know where to, how to feel about it, and I, I almost like want to see what you guys think if that sounds ridiculous. I, I no, it doesn't because you talked about. I, it yeah, I I am actually in the same boat as you. I love, and I I mean I I mean this uh, sincerely. I love Artemi Panarin. He is currently my favorite Ranger, and like he took Hank's spot, which I I, I loved Hank forever. Like Hank will forever be my favorite Ranger. But, like, if I put a Mount Rushmore of my favorite favorite Rangers on there, Panarin's already got a spot. Like, that's how much I love I love the guy. Like, as a character, as a player, just everything about Artemi Panarin, I love him. So, like, this year, like, he drove me absolutely bonkers because it was like – because, like you said, it, it seemed like he just wasn't all there. Like – I, I the way he was playing, I was firmly convinced that he was hurt because I'm like, this is not the guy that I've seen. Like, this is not this is not the player I know that he can be. Like, his unwillingness to shoot was like, it, it literally it it drove me out of my mind. I was like, wow, this dude is like really doing an ode to Matt Zuccarello. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> like, I I like I was like, this is like truly incredible. Like. But I just I watched him and I was I was so you know it's like the the goal against Pittsburgh and it was funny that game I remember and I got a lot of hate for this I sent out a tweet saying you know if Rick Nash had a playoffs like Panarin is having I could actually have understood the hatred that Nash got yeah because I thought everything that Ranger fans wanted to say about Nash I thought you were seeing in Panarin. The only difference is Panarin had points. Like, he was still somehow manufacturing points, but it just seemed like 
what I had said to Chris was, this is how I felt about Panarin. He was he was getting like filler points. He wasn't getting points that were like, okay, that just turned the momentum of the game. It wasn't like you know Nikita Kucherov registering a point or Jake Gensel against the Rangers, like where it seemed like every time Gensel did something and put something on the stat sheet, it changed the tide of the game. It just seemed like outside of the the, the series clincher, which you know absolutely huge. It just seemed like everything Panarin was doing was like, oh, that looks great on the score sheet, but it doesn't actually impact the game. So I, I thought I was alone on that. Like, I really thought I was an island uh, with, with with my criticism of Panarin this year. So good to see I wasn't alone. I'm actually very happy about that. Yeah, and, and we, we talked about it quite a bit throughout the season, Just and it wasn't just the playoffs. I mean, I, I think the thing that was frustrating about Panarin, it was all the stuff that was going on, the the – the weird, weird, you know, forced passes, you know, or, or making just bad plays in the neutral zone or giveaways or things of that nature where it was just like, I guess the easiest way to say it, it just didn't seem like it was smart. It was like smart moves or smart decisions to be made. But then you're sitting there and you're going, well, crap, he just put up all these points. So it's like, how are you left wanting more, but yet you are? So it was, it was just weird. It was, it, if there was one thing I could sum up of, of his season, it's just weird. Yeah. It just didn't really make a whole lot of sense. And I thought when he scored the goal against Pittsburgh, um, and I think I even tweeted it where I was like, Panera needs to get needs to needs to. You did. You, you, you said it. Like, you called crap. it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, all right, maybe this is where like Panarin gets un, unleashed. And it just you never really saw it. Like you. He was still getting points, but it was just all the other stuff that was going on ancillary to point production was just like mind boggling to me. And it was just kind of like a like Nick said, it's gotta be hurt. Like there's gotta be something yeah. going on that he's 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 laboring and then it comes out that there's nothing and you're kinda of like, Well, okay. That's even more of a question mark, but I think it's I think you look at it, this is a, an important season. Because, you know, you have that article that comes out that's basically like, oh, my God, red flags thrown up everywhere. Rangers are going to trade Panera in nonsense. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's clickbait. I mean, I, I actually yeah. really like Staple a lot, but, like, that's that's just, like, that's clickbait. I mean, every every single writer does it, and I get it. And especially in the summer, it's, you know, you have to generate something out of nothing, but... I don't love when people do that. I remember Aaron Portsline wrote something one time for the Athletics, so obviously behind a paywall about Brandon Dubinsky um, having like a gambling problem, and he yeah. used that as the lead, and and I it was unfounded, and I was really really annoyed for I me mean, probably because I love Brandon Dubinsky, like that was one of my early Rangers, you know, but um, I just I was like really pissed off. I'm like that's shitty to do, and you're trying to get I... people to subscribe, but. Yeah, I remember that. That was uh, that was one of those that I thought poor, that was going to be the de- uh, like the nail in his coffin because was I was that- like, that's a that's a, like that was one that's like, dude, that's below the belt. Like yeah. that that one's like really really that to me, honestly, it's like what Manish Mehta used to do with the Jets, but just yes. every everything that Manish did was you know was all bullshit. Like, it. oh yeah, of course you did, you <laughs> dirty ass Patriot fan. Like really. you're a Patriots fan? No. Oh no. Yeah, Chris, Chris is Chris is a Pats fan, but it's okay. I am a diehard Jet fan. I I live and die with that horrible, horrible franchise. Did you die more often? <laughs> you literally die every year as a I, I do. Jet fan. And sadly, I enjoy the ride every year. <laughs> but you know what, Chris? I will always have January 2011. In Foxborough, the the worst defeat that Tom even even your boy Tommy has said that is the worst defeat of his career. So you know what? We gave the goat the worst loss of his career. I can live with that. I can't hear you with all this ringing going on. Oh my <laughs> god! I hate you. I really hate you. Uh, and I and I'm going to take you to City Field with me next next Saturday I'm to a, watch Peter Hernandez. That's fine. I was going to say, like my my like, I think we talk about we're really I'm really getting off topic, so you guys need to rein me in. But uh, my like number one, I will die if I see this is a Mets World Series. That's my like. 
I live and die more than anything with this team. It's disgusting. They kill me it, every it, year. It's funny. I, I am well. I, I always tell people hockey. Hockey is not my favorite sport because I, I always tell people hockey is my religion. Football <laughs> is my favorite sport. So like outside of the the Rangers, the Jets are my. I will li- like if I ever see a Jet Super Bowl. Oh my God, I will become. I will become like absolutely unhinged. You'll like you will. Oh my God, dude! You would like for about seven, eight months. You would never hear the end from me. I would be the biggest dick in the world. Like I, I don't <laughs> even care because like I've had to deal with Giant fans and Patriot fans my whole life. Oh my God, the Jets win one. You guys will never be able to shut me up ever. Oh, I can't. I can't wait. Oh, it, it'll, it'll be the happiest day of my life. I swear. The the only thing that'll come close to topping it is, or that would you know, is a, another Ranger Stanley Cup. But the one thing about the Rangers that I can always say, outside of the the worst the worst run of Ranger hockey in my lifetime, the Rangers have been a stable franchise. Like they've had stability. Like the Jets have never had stability whatsoever. The Jets have never been a pro team. So the two years on the Rex, oh my God, I was a loudmouth Jet fan, and I didn't even care. Like I, I was, I was loud as hell. I, I screamed it loud and proud that I was a diehard Jet fan because I finally had something to be proud of. But I, I just, man, I just think about. I really just think about. The Rangers aren't far away. Like when, when you actually look at it, because they have the pieces. I think a lot of the pieces in place to to win a championship. I mean, look, I love Adam Fox. I love. I, I think Adam Fox is one of the best defensemen in the NHL. He's not Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr, as much as I think he has a little bit of issues defensively. Kel McCarr is far and away the best defenseman in hockey. I mean, he does things that, from a defenseman, make me get out of my seat. Like, he has that Connor McDavid-like quality about him as a, as a defenseman, which is pretty scary when you think about it. Because the, some of the stuff that he does and that he did in, in the Stanley Cup Final was just incredible to watch. But the Rangers have their Kel McCarr and Adam Fox. They have far and away the best goalie right now in the NHL. They have a number one center. They have a superstar wing. They have a you know they have a, a second a second pair defense with Keandre and, and, and Truba, and Keandre looks like he could be one of the best defensemen in the league. I mean, I, I just look. It's like there's a lot of pieces that line up for this team that a lot of other teams don't have. So it's like. It's all it's all on Drury. Like he has to now get smart with the cap and figure out. Like I've seen people talking about second line centers, you know, because yes, the Rangers definitely need one. And they're like, Well, you got Mark Shifley, which I wouldn't be opposed to. I, I I've always liked Shifley. You have Pierre Luc Dubois because his name's getting floated out because of all the rumors surrounding him that he told Winnipeg he wants to go to free agency. And then it's like somebody even said JT Miller, which I, I don't think – We got to stop it. We need to stop with JT Miller. I'm going to stop I you know. right there. I, I fucking I can't know. with JT Miller. I, I know. No, I know. I, but I, like, I look at it like Miller's only got one year left on his deal. If you trade for Miller, it's a pure rental move that you believe that your team is – a JT Miller away from winning the cup, which I don't know if the Rangers are, but I, I think there's what more. Does JT Miller get you the cup though. JT Miller gives me Ajita is what he gives us. Like he he, he does he 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 can give Ajita. That is that is fair. I but, I, think... and I look at and I look at all those players that you talked about. So perfect thing, Mark, Mark Shifley, Pierre Luc Dubois. What could that potentially be a major upset to? The oh the locker room one hundred percent. Yeah. Like yeah. du- Dubois is Dubois du- a mess too. Yeah. Yeah, he's a he's an absolute head case. I, I, I look at Dubois and I realize the talent. I realize he has the connection with Panarin, but oh my god, the, the, the kid is a head case. 
you, you know, everybody wanted to blame the situation in Columbus on Tortorella. Well, now he's telling the team that he wanted to get to that he wants to go to free agency. Mm-hmm. I I just yeah, no, I, I, I don't want that in the room. Like that that's a especially without a real clear cut leader on this Ranger roster. Yeah, no, that I don't think the room is strong enough to correct that. And then like the, the, and I know, Chris, you'll go in on this because you don't like Shifley, so I'll let you take it because Mark Shifley is not your guy. Well, it's not that I don't like him. I just I don't like all the stuff that goes around it. Didn't you do something really shitty? Like, wasn't it they were getting – it was last year that they were out of the playoffs and, like, pretty clearly out of it in the last game, and he, like, boarded someone, like, a really nasty hit. Well, he laid out in the playoffs. Well, that, that was that Evans against Montreal. Montreal. Yeah. Two oh, years yeah, ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he ran him. He ran him over in the bubble. But no, there's all the stories and stuff going back to like Bufflin, um, the locker room, things between him and Wheeler, and the way they kind of like run the show. I just I see that I see that as a potential a problem, in where Drury has to manage the cap. Drury has barely any cap, cap flexibility to begin with. He's got to manage that and bring in the comp. He's got to replicate what he did in the deadline in in a way that's even more perfect than what he did, which is going to be incredibly difficult, if not impossible. So to me, when you start throwing out these names of players that have red flags, that bring that, that kind of makes me concerned where it's like, okay, yeah, really good center. Um, yeah, Dubois has his, his history with Panarin. Is that like is that worth taking a, a shot with? Um, what are you paying up for that, and what is that going to cost you? Because you then have players like Keandre that are coming up, Lafreniere. You know, there's there's a lot of pieces that have to get answered for after the fact, and you're taking a huge gamble because it's not going to come cheap. Neither one of those guys would come cheap, and you don't want to price yourself out of what you're developing, and then you shoot yourself in the foot, which we've seen we've seen the Rangers do that with free agency or with other players where they've gone out and they've spent money and they've done it in a way that was stupid. And I know it was more on Sather than anything else, but I just, that, that scares me because that makes me start thinking of the days of like where we went and we got Chris Drury and Scott Gomez. And it's like, Oh crap. I don't want to see us go back down that road. When you more, said more on Sather, I thought you meant like Sather is a moron, and it made me laugh. So well, I mean that's that's yeah. I mean yeah. I, agree. I mean it's I mean it's fitting. <laughs> you know, I, I, I yeah yeah. I mean, well, I, I just look at it like I, that's where I come back to. I'm like, I kind of think Andrew Cop here is the uh, is the play. Like it just, I know I know fans aren't like thrilled with that, but like I look if you if you give Andrew Cop let's say a five six year deal in the five and a half million dollar a year range. Like, can you really get mad at that? If he's a true two C no, Uh, is he, I mean, that was the other thing I know we were talking about before, but I feel like the Rangers were very hush hush about injuries too, because then it turned out that Kreider had like surgery on his wrist. And, you know, I, I think it's just like the season's over guys. No one's coming for Chris Kreider's wrist, like at his house in, you know, wherever he lives so uh, i'm curious about cop though because he looked really gassed we know he got hurt in the last game of the year which is annoying in general i don't know how much like he was a difference maker though when he came over so i know i might have like i definitely don't want strom i'm gonna say that i don't like any of the other options you were saying before so yeah they all suck and uh, well, and that, but that, like, that's the thing. Like, I, I just you I like the vibes for sixty, but yet you want to destroy the vibes for sixty. No, I, I don't want to destroy the vibes. I, am, I love the vibes. Like, I'm all about good vibes right now. So it's like, I, that's why I think like keeping cop. And I know not re-signing Strom will 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 really upset Panarin because that is his boy, and you know Panarin no, texts him on his. Panera texts him on his flip phone all the time, but I just, I, I, it's like Strom has to go. I'm with, I'm with Becky hundred percent. Strom must yeah. go. I, I love Ryan Strom. Thank you for the four years. It was awesome while it lasted, but you know, 
It's not me. It's you. You got to move on. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, I, I mean, so I just look at it. It's like, I think Andrew Cop doesn't upset the apple cart. He's not going to be ridiculously expensive. And if you look, if you give him a six-year deal, it's not going to kill you because in about three years, the cap is going to jump or is it, it's expected to when the players pay back the escrow to the owners. So it's like you, you, you mitigate it a little bit. So you'll have room with all the kids, you know, going to their second contracts or their third contracts that you can, you'll have flexibility to do some things. So I, I just look at it that I think Andrew Cop here is probably the play. And if anything, let's say he's not a second line center, but Heedle makes that jump. You can put Cop on your third line or your second line right wing and move Heedle up to your, you know, your second line. And you still have a really damn good roster. So I, I, I just look at it. I think I think the second line answer is Andrew Cop. I just like the ability of the, the flexibility he gives you. He gives you flexibility as a second line center, or if you want to drop him down to the third line, say the kids turn the page next season and they're terrific and you make some moves there. Say Filipino moves right into the second role, second line center role and takes that giant step that we've all been kind of hoping. You have flexibility there with cop. You know, he can play the center role. You know, he can play wing if you need him to, and you know, he can play on the penalty kill, which is, which is, which is big. Um, so I just think cop is the one that makes the most sense to me. Out of, out of any of the moves that they have to make. Mott, I would love to see them bring back Mott. I, I think it depends on the money and and where they where they go with that. But, I mean, it, hell, if, I'd love to see them bring them all back. I I, I want Vetrano back. I just don't know if that's I was going to say I was going to say, I know you love the Gabagos. I, I know. I don't, he I don't was know such if it's a remotely good possible, but, like, how could you not like Frankie Vetrano? He's that, like, his insane celebration face <laughs> gives me life. Brings oh, me like, joy on the rag. <laughs> like, like he, he, I mean, how can you not love it? He's a good old Italian boy. Oh yeah, we need like, that. We we ex- need it exactly. Like so, I I'm all for it. Like bring in more yeah. Italians. I think we need. I think I think the Rangers should turn into the Sopranos. Like just give us all the Italians. <laughs> well, I saw Colin Blackwell post was liking a lot of stuff that I align with uh, from a from a human rights standpoint so i'm like bring colin back i want him back he's good for the vibes but i don't know if that's a reason to bring him back for i would have liked to not lose him i would have of any of the guys that we had to lose i would have liked for colin not for it not to be blackwell because i think blackwell's uh, another one of those swiss army kind of guys yeah for sure like i would have yeah. sacrificed julian gauthier oh, uh, without, a, without question i would i would have 100 percent sacrificed julian gauthier for the for the good of the rangers all right, last one to throw you on the spot. What was your most favorite part of this season? If there was one moment or one memory or one something, what was it? Oh, my God. I'm thinking. See, he, he asked hard-hitting <laughs> questions. Oh, yeah. Chris, Chris asked the, the, the very hard-hitting journalist question questions. No one else will ask. That's right. I love it. I literally, I can't, I like don't even know. I mean, because playoffs are just so fresh in my mind and it's not really something that's going to resonate, I think, with like people listening. But, you know, the game that I was at, I was at game four against the Hurricanes um, and like just being in the garden again and being present with everyone else. First of all, you know, not not having gone to too many games this year, but just being in the garden surrounded by other people and not really being too concerned about COVID, which was great just to be surrounded by other fans. But that win, and also because there was a Hurricanes fan two seats away from me who, one, didn't know anything about hockey. Like, he didn't understand, like, the delay of game penalty. And I was like, okay. Or maybe it wasn't delay game. It was, like, a very simple penalty. Like, he couldn't understand it. And he was just talking shit the whole time. And then finally he stopped, like when it was a beat down. But just being in the garden surrounded by other people during a playoff win, it's just so special. And then like being able to go out 
in the city afterward and there's a huge cardboard cutout of Mika's Vantage at it, like my favorite bar, you know, and I'm like just drinking around other fans. Like that's the kind of stuff that for me, it's, it's also super fresh in my mind. So forgive me because I'll probably think of something else and tweet you guys about it. But um, like, that's my favorite, especially recent memory. It just, it was such a fun ride. Also, I mean, like we beat Tony D'Angelo out of here you know? True. <laughs> that was really True. fun and Revo made him look like a big bitch too which is oh amazing. i know i wish i heard i wish i saw the handshake between georgie and d'angelo more than anything i'll never forgive yeah. this again oh my god yeah i was just about to like that is like the one knock i had on espn this postseason outside of sean mcdonough because he sucks i just I that was the moment I really wanted to see. I wanted to see how that went down. Like, was that going to be another, you know, Fatso forgot to shake my hand part two? Like that—that <laughs> that is what I really wanted. To, I, I really wanted to see, and ESPN deprived us of that. That was like terrible, absolutely awful, unforgivable. Chris, you want to know my favorite moment? Sure. Okay, you ready? You ready? Being with you. Oh at, God! At game two of the conference final, for for like because dude, my first ever playoff game. You're you you're like one of my best friends. I love you to death, and like I got to sh- like share that moment with you, which was awesome. Are you choking up right now? Yes, I am. Like I had, I actually have my towel from that game. Hold on, the vibes are high in this podcast right now. But, say, very, like very high. Well, I, have like, the, I have the towel. The towel's right there. I the see it's right there. up there. I love it. It looks so good. Like no, but like that was my my favorite moment. I've never been to a playoff game. I've been to thousands of Ranger games. Like um, I've been to the Garden hundreds of times, and to be able to to be at a Eastern Conference Final game that the Rangers won. And it was their last win of the season, too, ironically. Um it was a sounding win, too. It, it was uh-huh. like it was it was great. Like the building, the energy, there was nothing that could match it. Like the city before the game, you know, been to hundreds of Ranger games at the garden. I never felt the energy like I felt before the game at the bar going into the garden. Like it was just it was absolutely incredible. It was something that I really can't describe. It was a feeling that I wish I could bottle. It, it was just absolutely awesome, and I'm glad that like I got to share that with with one of my best friends. So, I think that was, was. I think I, I think I think I messaged you like the Yankees were playing that night too. I think. Yeah, and nobody cared. The train, no, like the train was packed. Like I got on the train at Fairfield. I'm like, okay, why the hell is there so many people on this train heading into the city? And then I'm like looking around, and all I see is Ranger jerseys and Yankee jerseys everywhere. And then all through Grand Central, you're just seeing Ranger jerseys and all over the place you're seeing Ranger jerseys. And, yeah, I, I mean, you know, like for me, it had, that had been my second playoff game to witness at the Garden. Um, first one was when the Rangers beat the snot out of Pittsburgh in, was that 15? 15. Game one of 15? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, which was fun as all hell. But, no, I agree. It was, it was a tremendous thing. And then for me, mine is recency, like, Going into the city, being in the city like five times or six times throughout the playoff run, whether it was just going to like Mustangs or to Tiranog or to the bars or whatever, or trying, you know, getting into the garden, obviously, just the whole like atmosphere and, and chemistry of that team, just of everything. Like I, I had said it, I had, I had said it to you and I, I had said on the podcast before, the, the everything, like the building, um, the, the building, the vibes of the building, the the fans, the people, everybody involved, the the national anthem being like absolutely rock star, um, with with, with Blanche, just being absolutely fantastic, just everything going on around it was just was just a tremendous ride. But for me, I have a couple. I have I have the really the entire postseason run of being able to get in and out of the city as much as I was able to, go into the conference final game with with you and with Alyssa was was awesome. Um, Having you hooked on Ryan Reed's prickly pear drink at Mustangs was <laughs> hilarious. As it's we delicious. It's absolutely delicious. Like freaking sailors. <laughs> um, but then my my other one is has to be Hank Knight. Just being in the building yeah. for Hank. And that was an interesting one. I hate was, you. 
I it was great you. and it was bittersweet because to hear the building roar for Hank and the Hank chance was terrific, but it was also like bittersweet because it was like it shouldn't have ended like this. That was a really dumb. Oh, you mean Hank's career? I'm like that was a really dumb loss too. That was like all on like, oh, the money to get the hell home. It was such <laughs> bullshit. I was so oh. mad at the end of that. What I thought I thought it summed up Hank's career perfectly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I, like I, like if you really think about it, like I feel like that game actually encapsulated Hank's career in 60 minutes. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was. Oh man, that was bad. Yeah, me, me and Jay bolted out of the garden like as fast as we could because we were like, "This is gonna be ugly." Really, let's I get just, out of here. I was so drunk that day. <laughs> I was so drunk. I was and so that drunk was a... that it was Hank night. It was my birthday, and the next day, like I was so hungover that, and my mother in law had slept over to help with the baby, and like she was, she's probably disgusted by me from like just seeing how hungover I was the next day. <laughs> it was. It was a time. <laughs> well, a and time. then and you guys got hit with the blizzard too. Yeah, yeah. It started though, was... like after the game ended. Oh, that's right. It took forever to get home. Holy crap, that's right. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. That sucked. I remember that. That sucked. Yep. All right, Becky. We appreciate it as always. Hopefully, next season we're having more conversations about the vibes for sixty, and yes. we're rolling through. Uh, but as always, we appreciate you joining us. It is a pleasure to join you guys. I am always, always happy to come on if you'll have me. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Becky, I got I got to know. Are you going to Keith Hernandez Day next Saturday? It's next Saturday, right? It's a week from – it's not yep. July 4th weekend. So I don't have no, tickets, it's, but I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm looking because Keith Hernandez is – a complete absolute gem. I love him. Yeah, I, I well, I'm all about the the good fundies and the and the basic <laughs> fundies. So it's like, I, 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 I bang the drum. Chris knows this. I bang the drum for Keith Hernandez to get into Cooperstown because I think it's bullshit that he's not there. Any hall, baseball Hall of Fame that does not have Keith Hernandez in it is not a valid Hall of Fame in my opinion. So it's the same way I feel about Joe Klecko getting into Canton needs to happen. It's bullshit that it hasn't happened. Yeah. But as a Yankee um, fan, I agree with you. Thank you. I appreciate you. it. Look at that. And the the boots tonight, Keith's probably going to be great tonight because they're getting blown out. So, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Put it on. And, <laughs> and I'm dragging Chris, hopefully, next Saturday with I, me to City Field. You're not dragging me. I'm dragging you. I've always for said the, this. For the Baseball purpose of this story, the for the purpose. Are good. I know. I agree. But for the purpose of this story, I am dragging you with me to City Field next Saturday, and now you're so like we a can be article writer. Yes, so we can enjoy and celebrate Keith Hernandez's great Hall of Fame career together. Yes, okay. if I make it, I will let you know for sure. Um, it's probably it's like fifty fifty now, but I will definitely let you know. And if not, please enjoy it for me. I will be. Oh, watching. definitely, absolutely. All right. That is all we got for this week. Again, Becky, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it as always, and we will see everybody next time.